start a uh, series uh, this week, as Chris said at the beginning, for the 20 of you that were here. (laughs) Walking through the book of Ephesians and looking at the the game plan that uh, God has for us. It's a great thing when a plan comes together. You know, when the, the plan has been thought through and prepared and then it, it comes through at the end. I was, uh, I shared this at the first service and people came up to me calling me a liar, but I did play football. Um, and uh, I played on the offensive line, matter of fact. And uh, they, uh, this was a game. See, when you're little like me, big people, you just gotta pester them. You don't gotta move them anywhere. You just gotta pester them. You get in their way. That's enough. And, uh, we were playing. This was one of the great moments in, uh, Alabama middle school football history. Cause the, in seventh grade, we had played the Pittman Panthers and we got beat, thereby losing the county championship, one of the great travesties of Alabama sports history. And what, uh, so then, eighth grade, we were playing the Pittman Panthers again for the Jefferson County Football Championship. And what, uh, here was the basic plan. You see, Pitt, um, the Pittman, they, they played a 50 defense. And a 50 defense means you got somebody here on the, no, on the center. Here's the center. They got somebody right on a nose guard right there on the center. And, and then they got a linebacker back here. Looks like a boom mic, but it's really a linebacker. Plays off the line a little bit. And then they, they've got a, a defensive tackle playing right here. And so we lined up. Ben Tambrello was the center. Um, and Mike Mahaffey was the, was the right tackle. And we knew coming out of the gate, the first play was just going to be blue 62 lead. And what, for those of you that don't know what that means, the few of you, if I was in Alabama, I wouldn't have to explain this. <clears throat> what happens then is that Ben and I, we, we crash in on this nose tackle right here. Mike Mahaffey, all 215 pounds of him, yes, in eighth grade. All he's got to do is get in the guy's way and he's not going anywhere. Then Ricky Rookus, who was the fullback, who had to shave in sixth grade. All he had to do, he had to come through, knock out the linebacker. And then Mitch Allen just took the ball from the quarterback and just made a move on the candelabra back there and just juke him, go left, go right, and boom, he's there. That was the plan. We get the ball, kicked off to us. We go a little bit, first play from the line of scrimmage. Ben hikes the ball, we crash in, Mike gets in his way, Ricky comes, takes out the linebacker, Mitch gets the ball, makes a move on the, on the candelabra, and then he's gone. 80 yards and a touchdown, the game's over, first play. Because the plan worked to perfection. It's wonderful when a plan works to perfection. What we have before us here is a plan that is guaranteed to work for perfection. A plan that is guaranteed to work to score a touchdown every time. Because a lot of things could have gone wrong. 
Worth Davis, the quarterback, could have bobbled the snap. Mitch could have slipped. I could have jumped off sides, which did happen periodically. (laughs) A lot of things could have happened to mess up the plan. But what we get the chance to walk through as we walk through Ephesians is a plan that is made and carried out by the creator of the universe, the one that we've been dancing before, the one that we've been singing praises to, the one that we have been saying we are awestruck by His marvel and by His power and glorious grace. And that's what we get to look at for the next seven weeks. Uh, today, it's just a, a wide-angle view. Uh, the, it's just one sentence, even though it's 11 verses. But it's one sentence that presents, in a sense, the, the, the opening aria of Ephesians. The, 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 the beautiful music of Paul trying to describe, to put in line, the basic point of this plan. And that is that it's all about God. God is the one that plans it, carries it out, and receives it. All is Him. Let's pray. Gracious God, thank You for Your written Word that speaks to us of Your truth, of Your goodness, of the assurance of Your love and of Your plan. Help us, lead us, guide us, speak to us through Your written Word and the power of Your Spirit residing within us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Ephesians chapter 1. It's found on page 949 in your pew Bibles. I invite you to turn there or in your Bible. Um, If you turn there, keep it open. We'll be walking through it a little bit or we'll put it on the screen. And best you can, Susan, just sort of follow where I am. I'll try not to jump around too much. Starting with verse 3 of the first chapter of Paul's letter to uh, the church in Ephesus. Hear the word of the Lord. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places, just as He chose us in Christ before the foundation of the world to be holy and blameless before Him in love. He destined us for adoption as His children, through Jesus Christ, according to the good pleasure of His will, to the praise of His glorious grace that He freely bestowed on us in the Beloved. In Him we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses according to the riches of His grace that He lavished on us. With all wisdom and insight, He has made known to us the mystery of His will according to His good pleasure that He set forth in Christ as a plan for the fullness of time to gather up all things in Him, things in heaven and things on earth. In Christ we have also obtained an inheritance, having been destined according to the purpose of Him who accomplishes all things according to His counsel and will, so that we, who were the first to set our hope on Christ, might live for the praise of His glory. In Him... You also, when you had heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and had believed in Him, were marked with the seal of the promised Holy Spirit. This is the pledge of our inheritance toward redemption as God's own people, to the praise of His glory. This is God's holy word. Thanks be to God. 
Now let's walk through this sentence a couple phrases at a time. In the English we have periods and stuff because we don't have sentences that are a paragraph long. But what Paul wrote was a sentence. And, 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 and know that this, we're just going to sort of look at the, sort of survey it. Uh, um, John Calvin, who I'm sure all of you know, his birthday was yesterday. And I'm sure all of you know, he was the father of Presbyterian theology. And you'll be glad to know that uh, I don't follow everything that Calvin did because he preached 48 sermons on the book of Ephesians alone. So uh, probably 10 just on this first chapter. So, uh, but we'll only be in it seven um, uh, uh, sermons. But just to tell you how full it is. Um, while, while I was uh, away, while we were away, one of the, the speakers gave us the permission uh, while she was preaching you know, to say, if the Spirit emboldens your imagination and carries you in a particular place through the passage, then let the Spirit carry you. That doesn't uh, hurt my feelings at all. Um, and I'll give you the same, uh, same invitation. It might hurt my feelings a little bit, but that's okay. I'm not as mature as she was. Um, but you know, as we're going through, I mean, this is chock full. And so the Spirit may be really bringing you to a particular place. But otherwise, we will walk through it um, just as a little survey. Uh, look again at verse 3 and 4. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places, just as He chose us in Christ before the foundation of the world to be holy and blameless before Him in love. Now, one thing to note, through this passage, I mean, through this section, and throughout the entire um, uh, uh, section of, of this uh, um, chapter, of verse 3 through 14, is that God is the subject of the sentence. God is the doer. We are the receiver. God is the initiator. And we are the responder to God. God is the subject of this sentence. And God is the subject of this plan. This is God's plan that God will carry out for God's purposes and God's glory. That runs throughout this section. And what we're told in this verse is that part of this plan is that He blesses us with every spiritual blessings in the heavens. What exactly does that mean? What are spiritual blessings versus physical blessings? What, What does it mean to be in the heavens instead of in the earth? What exactly is He is He getting at there? Well, one, if you look at verse 20 of this same chapter 1, God put this power to work in Christ when He raised Him from the dead and seated Him at His right hand in the heavenly places. So the heavenly places are the place where, where Jesus now resides, where He now sits on the throne. <clears throat> Turn the page, if you still uh, got your pew Bible open, chapter 2, verse 6. And raised us, and God raised us up with Him and seated us with Him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. 
Now notice that's present tense. That's not future tense. It's not past tense. He has raised us up. We are with Him now in the heavenlies. So so there is an existence of, of our reality that is beyond what we can see and touch. There is a, a, a spiritual realm of reality. Dimensions of our existence that are beyond our ability to comprehend. They are the, the heavenlies, the place of the, the spiritual blessings. The, the, the place that is the, the nature of God who is spirit. Also the place that uh, Paul talks about later in chapter 6 and chapter 3, the, the spiritual places where demons live, where the spiritual powers of this world Exist Those who we'll get into in a few weeks, who are truly our enemies. We understand four dimensions. Um, some who are geometrically challenged really can only handle about three. Um, but there is you know, length, height, and width. And then there's time. There's also, you know, in high school math, and you get into some of that higher math, you get into a fifth dimension, which sort of helps you understand like negative numbers and imaginary numbers and that kind of stuff, if you can put your head around that. But there's a much cooler fifth dimension for those that are in my contemporaries to understand. Um, but what we're told, you can tell it's a younger crowd, a lot more people got that in the first, <laughs> first go-round. But what we understand from physicists today is they talk about, those are people that do physics. Those are physicists. They, they do that higher science and math. They use like nine dimensions of reality. Eleven dimensions of reality in order to describe and understand the universe. And even we'll talk about in theory, they'll propose 50 dimensions of reality. And what Paul is telling us is that this plan of God is so big that it covers all the dimensions of reality that we can imagine. It encompasses not only the physical, but it encompasses the spiritual. It encompasses not just the four dimensions that we can see and feel and measure, but it, it encompasses dimensions of reality that we can only barely imagine because this plan of God is so big. We will have all that we need in God's plan. It will cover every possible eventuality. It will cover and it will, in, it will encompass every dimension of reality that we can imagine. I've been a part of other plans. It didn't go so well as that wonderful county championship game with the Pittman Panthers. My sophomore year in high school, we were in the state championship game. And the game plan was working perfectly. We scored a touchdown to get within one point in the end of the game. And we had a perfect play. One of those little flea flicker plays where the quarterback tosses the ball to the tailback. Tailback runs and the quarterback sort of sneaks around the other side and hopefully gets in the end zone. And there he was. Danny Salkert was wide open. But the, the tailback underthrew the ball. 
tipped out of the way. The plan was perfect, but just didn't quite get carried out. The first time I ever ran a uh, campus crusade meeting, that's a college ministry thing where you get together with other college students and sing and uh, have Bible teaching, small groups, that kind of thing, for those of you that don't. No, well, this, this one, I was a junior in college and all the staff were gone and so we were totally leading it. And we had this baby planned out perfectly. We had the guitar player, the speaker, we had the room reserved, all was done. We had one of these ancient tools that some of you might remember. It's in museums that you can look uh, today. It was called an overhead projector. <laughs> it was a box with a bright light in it. And it would sort of look like Wall-E if you saw that movie last year. You know, it just had one eye instead of two. And the bright light would shine through these things called transparencies that were plastic rectangles. And you could print or write the words for the music on it. Believe it or not. Yeah, you know, put it on the top and you turn it on and the light shines through and shines up. It's, you know, an ancient relative to these things that we have up here. Now, we had it all set. We had the transparencies all were there. And we go to flip the switch and... Flip it up. Yeah, you've been there. And the smoke out the back. Best laid plans. Didn't have an extra light bulb. So we sang the first verse of a bunch of hymns that we all knew and the Johnny Appleseed blessing. And then said, hey, let's... Here's the talk. But in this plan, in this plan of God... Every dimension is covered. We have every blessing physically and spiritually are covered because of God's plan. This plan is big. It extends not only into the spiritual realm, not only into the dimensions of reality which we, of which we know very little, but it extends even beyond time. And that's what he says in verse 4. We were chosen to be a part of this plan before the foundation of the world. This plan encompasses even beyond the very existence of time. This plan is big. Now, think about this for, with me for a little bit. I mean, that, that we were chosen to be a part of this plan since before the foundation of the world, before there was time. Just how does that work and what does that mean? What it really means is what we've been saying all along, that we really don't bring anything to the table here. We, we were a part of the plan before the, the first second ticked. It was all part of God's doing and God's work the plan is big beyond any dimension of reality beyond any dimension of time that we can even imagine this plan is big but before we move on it has a purpose The purpose then of this huge plan, giving us every spiritual blessing in in the fullness of all dimensions of reality, even before time existed, the purpose of this plan is so that we will be holy and blameless before Him in love. 
the purpose of the plan, of this part of the plan, is so that we are set apart as holy. That's what holy means, to be, be set apart for God's purposes, to be set apart for God's plan, not our plan, not their plan, but God's plan. We are set apart as holy and we then are set apart to be blameless, to be pure, which means to live in love. The good news is that this is God's work. This is God's choice. This is what God is doing in us and through us. And our response is just that, to respond. It's to receive that love. It is simply to surrender to God's plan so that He works, does His work that covers all the bases in us and through us to make us blameless, to set us apart for His purposes. All right, verse 5 and 6. He destined us for adoption as His children through Jesus Christ, according to the good pleasure of His will, to the praise of His glorious grace that He freely bestowed on us in the Beloved. Again, God is the subject. God is the one who chooses us. I mean, throughout the passage, you hear that over and over again. This is according to His plan, according to the pleasure of His will at work in us. Uh, 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 14 times, uh, 15 times, I think, in these 11 verses, you, you, you see uh, in Him or in Christ, in Jesus. Throughout the passage, He brings us back that this plan is being worked out in Him by the pleasure of His will. Do you have that thought when you consider this passage? Do, do you attribute that word to God often? pleasure I mean it was of great joy when I was with Ben blocking on this tailback and I watched Ricky Rookus obliterate the linebacker and Mitch Allen score a touchdown how much more is God's joy the pleasure of his will I just had to sit with that for a little bit because I don't think of God being happy very often. I don't think of God having pleasure and joy. And yet it's the, one of the fruit of the Spirit. The second, love and joy. That God has joy as this plan unfolds and as He works this plan throughout all of creation and in our lives. This is about God's joy, God's grace, God's choice, God's work in us. And the purpose of God's destining us, the purpose of God's choosing us, is that then we become part of the family. We're not players on the team. Uh, we're, we're not just workers in the, in the business. We are members of the family. Adopted as children into the family by God's grace and mercy, God's choice. This was hammered home with me this um, last week when we were up at uh, Montreat 
um, which is Presbyterian Conference Center in the northern part of the mountains of North Carolina. And Dr. Ken Bailey was speaking, who spent like 50 years um, studying and teaching New Testament in the world of the New Testament, in in Lebanon, um, in the Middle East. And uh, he has a lot of connections in that part of the world. And he was sharing with us a number of people who were sharing with him about Muslims coming to Christ because of dreams and visions. Um, uh, Chappie and I, when we were in Syria, had a couple encounters with folks who had come to church in order, because they'd had some dreams and visions and they wanted to check this Jesus guy out. Well, Dr. Bailey had a whole bunch more that he shared with us. And one is now a, Presbyterian, a leader of the Presbyterian Church in northern Africa. Can't share his name and he couldn't share his name um, with us. But this individual, a number of years ago, kept having a vision. At night, during the day, it was the same vision. It was a book. It was a green book. And he could not get it out of his mind. One day, walking through the village streets of his city, he saw in the window the green book. It was exactly the same green book that had been coming into his mind over and over again. And he looked up, about to go in, but it was the International Bible Society. No way he was going in. Not in the light of day. So he waited till dusk, went in, found the, the owner, said, I've got to have that book. The owner tried, that's for display. You know, that's the only one I got. No, he's like, no, I've got to have that book. So he sold it to him, bought it, He began to read it in the secrecy of his own home, hiding it under his bed, and in time, came to Christ. Eventually made his way through his family, was thrown out of his family, left his country, and now is a leader in the Presbyterian Church in northern Africa. What an example of... God choosing, of God leading him to himself, of God carrying out his plan. And he does it all around the world. He doesn't just make us members of the team, but he adopts us into the family. The purpose of his plan to make us holy, to make us pure, the purpose of the plan is to Include us in His family. To make us His children. Let's look at verses 7 through 10. In Him we have redemption through His blood. The forgiveness of our trespasses according to the riches of His grace that He lavished on us with all wisdom and insight. He has made known to us the mystery of His will according to His good pleasure that He set forth in Christ as a plan for the fullness of time to gather up all things in Him, things in heaven and things in earth. Here's God's plan enacted where He cleanses us, where He does the work necessary to cleanse us, to make us holy, to make us pure, in order to adopt us in the family so that God sacrifices through Jesus, shedding His blood 
for our benefit, for our forgiveness, so that for all of our sins, we are cleansed. That's why every Sunday that we gather, we recount this truth because this is where our forgiveness, where our adoption, where our choice is occurs and it is at the cross in the sacrifice of God. Cleansing us from our sin. But the purpose of this cleansing is so that we have wisdom. The first one was to be holy and pure. The second was to be adopted as His family. And now, the third part of this plan is so that we have wisdom. That we know, with all wisdom and insight, the end of verse 8, He has made known to us the mystery of His will. What is that mystery? Well, he tells us. A mystery we would not know unless Paul told us. In Christ, the plan for the fullness of time, verse 10, is that all things will be gathered up in Christ. Things in heaven and things on earth. This is now the end of the plan. And it's big. All things. The end of the plan will have all things gathered together in Christ. All, it's a pretty big word. And things, all stuff, everything. Not just every living creature. Not just the earth. Not just the Milky Way galaxy. But all that exists. The entire cosmos will one day be gathered together, somehow subsumed, somehow brought together, and it will all be laid at the feet of Jesus. Now, have you seen some of these things that describe the, our, our understanding of the visible universe on YouTube? I, I looked at one this weekend. I don't even know what the number is called. But the size of the universe is this many kilometers. It's a one with 23 zeros after it. I don't know, a gazillion, billion, jillion. I don't know what, what you even call that, that number. That's the size of the visible universe. Of what we can see in those four elements, five elements of dimensions. In, in that universe... We have the Milky Way galaxy, the part that we're a part of, that has like over 100 billion stars in our Milky Way galaxy. Well, then in the universe, there are over 100 billion galaxies. That's the, the size of the universe. That's the extent of all things that one day every particle of each of those stars, every one of those zeros will be brought together and laid at the feet of Jesus. All things will be there. This plan will not be thwarted by an underthrown football or a busted bulb. This plan will come to an end perfectly at the feet of Jesus. 
Now, if that is true, if what Paul says is true, if indeed there is a God who created the universe and all things will be under His feet, which is what we believe, then what are we worried about? Why does fear ever even have a millisecond of influence in our lives? If indeed this is the sure and certain end of the plan that God will carry out, that all things brought together at the feet of Jesus. Why would we worry about anything? Why would fear ever motivate us, whether known or or unknown. That's the size of God's plan that we've been chosen to participate in. That we've been chosen to respond to. That's God's plan of all of reality that leads us to be holy and blameless. It's a a plan that God has chosen to include us to make us family. And it's a plan whose end is sure that gives us a wisdom beyond this world because we know that end. The last part, Paul summarizes again. And as we look at this plan, it all points... It comes from, it points to, and it ends with God and His glory. His, as we've been singing about all morning, His glorious praise. All that we do, everything that we do, whether it be gathering here in a a worship service with a small w, whether it be supporting workers who are carrying out that plan like the Kalmbachers in Indonesia, whether it's sending youth to Hungary where they are now working with the Angies, whether it's Sunday school, whether it's a block party that we're going to talk about, whether it's the, the work of our hands during our nine to five, the work in our family, which is 24-7, Wherever we go, whatever we do, we are part of the plan. And the goal of the plan is God's glory. It is worship with a capital W in all of life. Amen.